Hi, this is Rob Wilsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. Now, back to the podcast. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Blackboard, School Shine, and Market Bolt. Here's your host, Ryan Ferran. Welcome back to the School PR Podcast, everyone. Believe it or not, episode 55. We have the man, the myth, the legend. Even when he's not on live, you hear his voice every single episode, and it is a beautiful voice. Steve Osler from Blackboard. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Ryan. What a what an introduction. I, I hope I can live up to that. Man, I hear your voice every time I listen to my own voice. So it's just like this synchronous is just beautiful. So it's great to actually talk to you more and uh, get you on the podcast. We had your good buddy from Blackboard, Chris Prince on. Um, You have a lot to live up to. He, by the way, gave out his personal cell phone number on the podcast. Now that's customer service. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'll I'll do the same. Anyone can have my number. Anyone can have my number. You you want it, you got it. (laughs) Love it. I I got to say one thing I always say about Blackboard, and I don't want to get into a commercial, but just to give you guys a compliment, because I so appreciate about this about Blackboard and what you guys do. When people are asking or having debates in our PR circles, you know, which platform should I go to? Who should, I say, if you want customer service, and if you're migrating all that data, you're going to need customer service. Chris Prince will call you back in a heartbeat. The most frustrating thing is getting on a snag when you're transferring all this data and going through the the migration of a million web pages and sites and all that, and you're stuck and you can't get a hold of anybody, or you have an issue, you've updated it, but you guys will call back immediately. And if he doesn't have the answer, he'll get a tech on the phone. So I love that about you guys. I appreciate it. You guys give out your numbers on the podcast. So I love the customer service. So 
kudos to your whole team for that. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris sets a high bar. Uh, he, he he makes us all look good. But uh, just to give a shout out to to the rest of the team, I, I think everybody else on our team feels the same way. If you aren't lucky enough to get to work with Chris, uh, you know we've just got a great team, and Chris really does lead by example. So he's a good guy. We we love Chris and. Um, I tell vendor friends and stuff when they're at the conference, I was like, if you want to make relationships and culture, look what Chris is doing. Look what the Blackboard's doing. They're not hard selling. They're just trying to get to know you, see if they can help adjust their product to help you. And it's not, you know, this, you know, some people will we'll leave them out of that, uh, those techniques. So you just feel like, whoa, pressure and, you know, layoff. So I appreciate your entire team because I know it's a culture within Blackboard, which is impressive. So Steve, well, today we are we are talking about an important topic that all my colleagues, um, this has been a big important issue for years uh, since we've all gone digital a long time ago, but digital accessibility and equity. We wanna make sure everyone has access. We're providing the information to everyone despite any circumstances they're under. And I know you guys are really good about this and, and doing this. So we, we knew you were the person to have on for this and what you guys are doing. So when you are talking to a district uh, school about, you know, they want to improve this, what are some of the first steps that you kind of talk them through and recommend they kind of go through for their uh, assessing where they're at? Well, I'll tell you that the place I always start is, is first of all, to commend them on wanting to take that step. Honestly, it, it's like so many things knowing this is what you want to do and, and really committing to making a change is is the most important thing you can do. Uh, the, the second thing I like to tell people is that it will seem like there is a lot of work to be done and it can feel really overwhelming really fast, um, but it doesn't have to. Take things one step at a time. Accessibility, I, I say this all the time, accessibility is a journey. It is not a destination. Um, whether, whether you are doing this because you just got an OCR complaint or because you just care about your parents and students and staff uh, or you know anywhere along that continuum, um, you know, just start, take it a step at a time. You will probably never be at a point where you can just turn off accessibility worries and say, we're done. It just doesn't happen. Constantly evolving and candidly, when we talk about your website, your content on your website is changing all the time. So as soon as you think you've you've hit that perfect state and every page is accessible and every image has been alt tagged and all your links link to accessible videos that are captioned and on and on and on, as soon as you think you've done that, someone's gonna post something new that just <laughs> yeah. breaks it all. So yeah, think of it as a journey. We, we you know, we work with a lot of districts who are doing this and, and um, with our ally uh, website accessibility tool, for example, we, you know, we do this whole scoring thing and I tell people, don't make a, a score of a hundred your goal. It just never happens. The, but the goal is to improve. The goal is to start at a, you know, start at 20 and get up to 85, right? That it, so those are the two first, you know, really the first starting points. Um, and then, you know, that really the next step is think about, think about where you want to start. Um, don't let yourself get overwhelmed. Again, find a good starting point, start there. Maybe that starting point is just looking at all the old stuff hanging around on your website that 
nobody's using anymore. And it's just sitting there as a big accessibility pothole. Um, you know, put that in an archive, get rid of it. It's not benefiting anybody. That'll feel really good to start, you know, start with the big stuff. Um, you know, anyway, I, I could go on and on for hours and hours and hours, but uh, first rule of thumb is commend yourself for making the right move and uh, just take it a step at a time. Don't let yourself feel overwhelmed. Yeah. I think that's a good first step because if you're like, okay, I need to get my website up to date, accessible, equitable to everyone. Like where do I even start? But your first step recommendation is a really good first step just to clean up your website, but that'll help make the rest of the process way easier because if you haven't looked at your website in a couple of years, like a thorough scroll through there, you're, there's so many dead pages that links to registration from, from, you know, 1998 that you have signups for the you know, fruit punch, <laughs> you know, PTA. It's like, Oh my goodness. But you really need to go into every page. And so that's a good idea. Um, really just to clean up your website and then you will feel better because like, oh, okay, all these old links, these dead links, we link to this article that's nowhere on the web. So the cleaning up is a second point. And then mm -hmm. I guess if somebody doesn't have like a, a software program that you guys provide, what are some easy things that you could do with your new content? So you're not going through all your old content. Like you mentioned the alt text and stuff like that. What are some of those easy wins you can do with your new content right away? Yeah, uh, I, I want to answer I, one other thing I, I thought of before I get to that is uh, really also to think about um, your your audience as you start this process. Um, I know a lot of times when we're thinking about accessibility, we're thinking uh, we're thinking specifically about kids with a dis, uh, you know dyslexia, a learning disability, or uh, parents or staff who are are blind or have a motor a motor disability or things like that, um, and. Yes, definitely. Those are part of our audience. One of the really important things about uh, good principles of accessibility is that it will help everybody. Um, you know, the, the old saying, a rising tide lifts all ships. That is definitely true of accessibility. So everything you do to make your web content easier for a blind person to use or for uh, someone with a learning disability, someone with a motor disability, a hearing disability, that's going to help everybody. And the, the example I share is, um, I mean, there are lots of them, but the one that, it, that impacts me is I think about captioning for videos. And that's not necessarily the place you should start, but I'm going to use this as an example. Captions in videos are, are a huge step in making your, your video content accessible to hearing, uh, you know, people with hearing disability. Um, but if you're like me, I think about, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, when we started having kids, our, our babies were really bad sleepers. And so we would watch TV with the captions on 100% of the time. And um, even now that has stuck around. Now we watch TV with captions on, but we also, we also use those captions when we're just trying to get through a video really quickly. We can read a video way faster than we can watch a video. We get the content is actually more engaging to us that way. So that's just one example. There are dozens of them. Um, so now to, to get back to your, your uh, question here, what are the, what are the quick hits? Um, first, really easy. Uh, the, the, we'll just say the bulk of accessibility issues we see come in when we look at scanned documents that get turned into a PDF and then pasted on a web page. Um, 
90% of the time they get scanned in as an image, which is completely inaccessible. So if I'm a sighted person, I can read that document. I can read that image. Uh, but if I'm using a screen reader, it, I, I get nothing out of it. So a really easy place to start is just scan through your website. Make sure, make sure you know where all your PDFs are. Um, and if there's just an image of that, of a document as opposed to a, a document that's been scanned in and you've used OCR uh, to create that document. Um, that's a really easy place to start. And, and that will help a lot. Uh, as part of that cleanup, you're, you're going to find, like you say, the registration form from 1995, get rid of those. They're not doing any good. Um, that also, by the way, that will help with your website searchability. That will help your SEO rankings, all of that. Uh, you know, you'll have fresher content, but it's a really easy place to start. Um, couple of other really easy things you can do. Uh, there are actually lots of free tools that you can use to kind of take a stab at, at where maybe you should start. Uh, one that, that I personally have used a lot is called wave. Um, you can take your website and plug that link in, uh, plug, plug your webpage into, into the website. It'll scan it. There's even a, a Chrome extension. If, uh, you know, if you're tech savvy, a Chrome extension that will let you load a page and you hit the little wave button and it will give you an accessibility report. Um, it will just as a caution, it will give you a lot of data back and it's going to, you know, it might come back with 600, uh, 600 results. A lot of those are going to be things you don't need to worry about. They're, they're warnings or they're just, you know, we scanned this and it was fine. Um, so you may need a little bit of help to interpret those results, but some of the big things are going to show up right away. Um, you know, broken links or a contrast issues or things like that. It'll catch those for you. And that's a, you know, if, if you're just getting started or you're not even sure you have a, an issue, that is a really, really great place to start. Um, you know, so quick hits, I would say start with that. Uh, when you get those results, and, and I'll just say this is sort of independent of who built your website, you know, whether it's Blackboard or one of our competitors, or maybe you built it yourself or it's, uh, you know, Grandpa Joe's websites down the street. <laughs> We've seen them all. Um, but talk to talk to the person that built your website or who's hosting your website. Um, you know, they should have some resources to help you out, uh, both to identify those, to interpret those results and to fix them as well. Um, you know, I'll just say pitch to my Blackboard team. If you run, if you run that tool and you find accessibility issues on a Blackboard site, our support team, uh, they're, they're happy to dig through those results with you and make sense of them and, and help put you on the right path. So uh, that's a re really easy place to start. One thing you talked about, which I didn't know until I attended a session Several years ago at Calspra, I think it was you guys and um, uh, I forget who was doing it, but color and contrast never even crossed my mind. And I bet people that are just researching this now and they may have, may have come across this podcast are like, color and contrast, what the heck are you talking about? That is a fascinating aspect of accessibility that I had no idea. So... <laughs> What, what does that even mean? And what should we be looking for with color and contrast on our websites? Yeah, uh, this one is fascinating to me. And, and this was even for me, one of those things is uh, I, I had to learn as well. The, the marketer in me says, just make it pretty. Use, yes. you know, use the colors that make it look pretty. 
the challenge to that is... What could stunning professional quality videos do for your school district's PR and communications? Find out how School Shine's professional video team can partner with your district at schoolshine.org. This podcast is also brought to you by MarketVolt Email Newsletter Solutions, providing industry-leading email newsletter solutions that better connect over 800,000 parents, staff, and community members with their school districts. Learn more about MarketVolt at betterk12newsletter.com. Blackboard believes in the power of good communication in helping students succeed and is a proud sponsor of School PR with Ryan Ferran. Blackboard, education's partner in change. Now, back to the podcast. There are a lot of people with, with um, vision disabilities that, that if the contrast is off, they may not be able to read a web page. You know, think of color blindness as a really easy example of this. Um, if the difference between the green in your header and the green in your menu bar, for example, your navigation bar is, um, is not, uh, doesn't have enough contrast, it's going to make it really hard for people to see that they're different. Or if the, the text color on your web page isn't, uh, isn't far enough away from the, the background image, um, there are people who will look at that just the same way that maybe you or I might see white text on a white background and not be able to see it. They're going to have the same experience. So, uh, you know, obviously, obviously we're missing a, a huge group of people. If we do that, they're going to get zero, uh, you have zero engagement with your website if that's what they're seeing on your page. Um, and you know, again, the marketer in me says, well, but it has to look pretty. I don't want a website that's just right. black and white either. And you don't have to go quite that far, but there, there is a range. Um, and, and, you know, there's technology that can tell you that there's a range that makes that visible. And in fact, you know, one of the things that we've done recently is, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our web templates, we have a toggle, uh, where you can actually if you're a visitor, toggle to a high contrast version of the website. That's kind of the best of both worlds. Then you get a beautiful website and you're providing an experience, an equitable experience for people with the, that vision disability. Is there certain colors, Steve, or schemes that don't use or avoid those? Like we know in marketing and stuff, yellow text, don't use that. But there are some things on websites that you have like, don't use these colors or match these two together kind of that you know off offhand yeah standard uh, standard rules of design apply here uh you know good color choices are 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 great um you know we worked with a district whose uh logo they actually had a green logo um and the the green in their logo and the green that they used as a background on their page were were close enough that um it it didn't it didn't have enough contrast and mm -hmm. that actually is one of the things that got named in an OCR complaint that they got. Um, so I, you know, I would just say keeping, keeping light colors with light colors is a bit, is generally a bad idea or really dark colors over a really dark background. Um, the, the harder it is for the harder it is for you, for you to see, um, you know, just imagine it's going to be 10 times harder for someone with a vision disability. Uh, again, you can run it through those tools and that'll help you figure that out as well. Um, but it's just as a, a, a best practice, um, you know, you might reach out to your district community and find people who have some of those disabilities and just 
put them in your Rolodex, your phone contacts, I guess. I'm dating myself. I even know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> you're going to put them in your phone and, and just, uh, you know, bring them, bring them into that conversation. And uh, th- I mean, th- they will help you. They will want to help you uh, because it's in their best interest as well. Is there anything, because color and contrast was the one thing that I'm like, I've never thought about that. I, I'm with you. I was like marketing, make it look nice. And, but I never thought about that for accessibility. Any other of those things that maybe we didn't think about that when we're creating websites and, and switching platforms that like you need to think about this that you may not have thought about. Yeah. there. So there are two, two kind of biggies. Uh, one is related to your navigation. Um, think through your navigation and, and, uh, think through your navigation through the eyes of a student or a parent. Uh, think about your audience. Maybe your audience isn't your parents' students. Maybe your audience is your school board. That happens from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. But build out your navigation with your audience in mind because the more levels of navigation you have, the more confusing it gets for your audience. People with learning disabilities in particular are very susceptible to just getting lost. Once they feel frustrated by your navigation, they're, they're just going to leave. They'll never come back. The other uh, kind of subtle difference that w- that we see is big blocks of text. Now, I I have never been accused of being uh, too quiet or knowing when to shut up, and the same is true when I'm writing. So quite often, I will write just gigantic long paragraphs of of data, and then we think you know everything in this is super important. We've got to have it all all in. We can't leave any of this out. And you'll throw that up on a web page, and what happens is um, it just drives people away. Again, people with learning disabilities uh, or attention deficit disorders are highly susceptible to this. They will see a big block of text, and you know they'll either get two sentences in and abandon, or they'll just see the big block and and abandon. Um, we don't want either of those things. The the crazy part is even for uh, you know uh, normally abled people. If you break up your copy on your website, keep it short, keep it concise, break it up into smaller paragraphs and blocks, it actually becomes more readable to everybody, not just people with a disability. So it's going to improve your overall website experience uh, generally. Again, that's one of those things we don't think about. We think, you know, oh, we've got these board minutes. We got to just dump the whole thing or we've got, you know, we've got this policy. We need a whole web page for the policy. Um, that, that level of readability is really impacted by how it's displayed on the page. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good point too, because I'm uh, guilty as well as a lot of text, and I think every word's so important, but I, we, you know, I'm a big fan of bullet points and bolding, and as you were saying that, I was thinking like too, if you have something long and important, like throw in an image to, to add some stimulation so they're not, you're just not, you know, zoning off and just, mindless text after text. Um, so those are some really good things to think about that you wouldn't normally. And then when you're training staff and, and uh, folks who are updating your websites, like keep this in mind. If you have long text, break it up, mm-hmm. bullet points, bold, underline. So you, you're creating stimulation and, and you want people to stay on your website. That's the whole purpose, right? Yeah. And, and you mentioned pictures and bullet points. I'll just add one quick note here too. Those, those pictures are really important. Um, we want to make sure we're adding alt tags to those images. Uh, I will say one of the questions we get a lot is what should we do? Should we have to, if we put an image of a, you know, a kid and a puppy up on there just to liven up the page, do we need to alt tag that? Um, the answer is 
it really is yes but you want to think about this from from the frame set of if i'm using a screen reader what do i want that screen reader to read about that image uh, in the case that it's an image purely for decoration you can actually you can put in a uh, you know empty quotes and essentially the screen reader will skip it that said that shouldn't give that that's not like a free pass to just load up your page with uh, images and and blank uh, you know alt text uh, but it does it does give you a little bit of leeway to do that and bullets um, you know oftentimes we'll have people that will use a, a table to uh, arrange images and text and and uh, mm. you know kind of liven up their page um, just generally keep in mind that a table is designed for tabular data uh, great to use a table if if you are uh, you've got full vision but um, if I'm if I'm looking at a table that's got an image and text lined up next to it uh, to arrange it on the page, when that goes to a screen reader, that's a, just a terrible experience for somebody who's listening to that page be read. Image, flower, and child, and then some data. Next tell. So um, use tables. Tables are actually in a screen reader really easy to kind of skip through data uh, if they've been used to display tabular data. Um, but mixing images and tables or images and bullets makes for a, a really a subpar experience. So just little things that, that we, you know, we don't often think about, but when, uh, when we run them through uh, that different experience, it gives us a different perspective on it. I love what you brought up about alt text because most of us are doing it now. If you're not, you need to be, but I don't think all of us are doing it the way we should be. And we're not thinking about the end user with the screen reader. So like you brought up the example. So say we have student and mom, you know, registration. It's just a generic photo to show kids registering. What are some things that, I mean, how do, besides like mom, kid, which is like, okay, that tells me nothing. Like, what would you suggest we start like thinking about with our alt text because it is information these people are it's actually like w the way you said it made me it's like that's an opportunity to communicate better and more accurately instead of looking at alt text like oh shoot i forgot the alt text i gotta go back in let me like it's an opportunity so how do we take advantage of that to help communicate to folks yeah th thinking about it from that screen reader perspective really changes the way we use images and i know it's done that for me too um you know, if you think about the image as being another opportunity to convey information, uh, in the in the example that you gave, you know, mom, mom and and uh, mom and child at registration. Well, why why are we showing this image? Are we using this to show that you know they need to be at the school, or here is where the table is at the district office to to register for schools? Um, think about what exactly it is you're trying to convey with that image. Like I say, sometimes. It's just simply to say, this is a really boring document without any images. So we want a, we want a cute picture up there. But, uh, but think about those as opportunities to convey information. If this is someone who's not cited um, or is using a screen reader, maybe instead of mom and daughter at the, at the registration booth, it's you know regist the registration table is, uh, is available at this location Mm -hmm. just walk up and we'll help or something, you know, yeah. it's an opportunity to share that additional level of information. So when we think about it again, think about it from the, our audience's perspective and how 
you know, someone who's using assistive technology to interact with web pages is going to hear that. It changes the way we think about it. Now, instead of putting up an image of, uh, you know, cute family at regi cute family at registration, we might actually put up a picture of, you know, the sample registration form, or we might put up a picture of the registrar that they are going to want to find when they get there, or, you know, the it just changes the way you think about how you use that imagery. Yeah, I think that I, I'm looking at it different thanks to this conversation because it used to be like one more thing to do, but now it's like one more opportunity to communicate. Like you said, in that all text, you can be like, look for Mrs. Smith. She'll be at the registration table left of the cafeteria from four to six o'clock on Friday. Like that's just mm -hmm. a great reminder in there in case they don't get all the way to the bottom of, of the article as well. All right, Steve, as we uh, wrap up, so as this, if I'm sitting here listening to this going, I know I need to do this, my head hurts, how am I gonna do this? I don't have the time, let me call Blackboard. So what would you guys like, what do you guys offer to help people do this? Because it is massive, it's just like one person can't do it, a team can't do it, it takes months. So where do you guys come in and what services do you guys offer districts? Yeah, so, you know, we, we would like to we would like to think that if you're struggling with this, we really can be a partner with you and, and help you through this. Um, we there are really three areas where digital accessibility comes into play. One is the underlying infrastructure of your website. Uh, the second layer is the the template or the visible parts of your website, and the third is the content. Um, we take care of the infrastructure and the template accessibility for you check those off the list. You, you can sleep at night. You never have to worry about that. The content piece ultimately belongs to you and the, the content editors throughout your district. However, we can help there too. Um, you know, our interface is designed to encourage people to do, uh, to make accessibility best practices as they build content. And we have accessibility tools that, that can plug into your website that will help with that as well. Um, I mentioned Ally a little bit earlier. It's fantastic at helping you stay on top of, of your accessibility footprint on your website. But we can also do really cool things like provide uh, alternative accessible versions of the content that's already on your website. So if you've got a PDF up on your website and you don't know what to do with it, we can actually transform that into something that's accessible um, and even do cool things like play an audio version of that PDF. Um, how cool would it be to listen to that to that website announcement, you know, on the speakers in your car as you're stuck in traffic, right? So really fun things we can do with that. Um, and, uh, you know, honestly, we've got a great team that backs that all up. If you get stuck anywhere along the way, uh, you know, we're here to unstuck you. <laughs> I love it. And that's what you guys do. I love the because the PDF thing, when we first learned like, oh yeah, by the way, your PDFs on your websites need to be accessible too. Like we all lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hours and hours of sleep like are you kidding me my website is 90 percent pdfs from like 10 years ago that we still need up there so that's great to know that you guys have a tool that does that and then you can make actually pdfs into audio is phenomenal so how steve how do people get a hold of you i know at on twitter you're at bb stevo um uh -huh. they can follow you there uh blackboard.com slash k12 how else do we uh stalk you and, and uh, get your help <laughs> Well, I will tell you right now, you are welcome to call or text me any old time. I'm going to give you the number, the famous digits. Um, yeah, you can reach me at 
859-859-7961. That is my personal number. My phone is, unless my kids have stolen it, my phone is never more than like five feet from me. So yeah, feel free to text me or call me anytime and uh, we'll get you in touch with people that can help you out. I love it. I appreciate the support, what you guys have done for the school art, the school PR podcast. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. One of the big things we've been able to do this past year with your support, we've done a four-part podcast series on coronavirus communications for schools. I know people have been super thrilled with that. Uh, when Chris is on the podcast, I'll put the episode in the description of this. It was really popular. P people appreciate it. I know they're going to love this because accessibility and equity is so important to folks. So we're super thankful to you and your team at Blackboard for supporting us in the podcast and helping advocate for public education and tell our stories. And websites are a huge platform to telling our stories. So what you guys have done for us is just, we, we can't thank you enough. And before I let you go, I text Chris, like, I don't know, three or four months ago, I'm sitting there watching a NFL Sunday. I'm watching an Amazon commercial and I'm like, are you kidding me? Blackboards in an Amazon commercial? Like ballers, what, how, how did that come about? That was amazing. Uh, you know, it, it, it happens when you host, when you host all your services on their amazing, uh, you know, cloud services back end. Um, Amazon has been a really great partner and, uh, you know, it, it was really fun for us to see that too. That was awesome. I was like, oh my God, I was, I was think I was more excited than Chris. I was like, Chris, Chris, I sent him like, I like rewinded my DVR video. I'm like, did you see you're on it? I'm like, obviously he's seen it. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm like, by the way, you're on Amazon. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I was super excited for you guys. That's, uh, that's the big leagues. And it's nice to know you're with the, uh, Probably the biggest company in the world, Amazon. So that's a good part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works out pretty well. That's awesome. Steve, thanks for your time. Thanks for your support. We appreciate it. And we will definitely catch up soon. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Hi, this is Rob Wilsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom professional quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it.